Hi guys, welcome to It's a Vet Tech Slide. I'm Megan and I'm your co-host along with Sheena with Not Another Vet Nurse. And we are here to bring you vet information and client information for your pet and also for all of the people in the wonderful veterinary medicine community. We are here to be your support system and we want nothing more than to be able to reach out and help you back. So if you're ready, let's get started on another episode. Let's do it. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of It's a Vet Text Live. So normally we always release episodes at the beginning of the week, but we are too excited to wait to tell you guys about it. We have decided to ask you guys to donate to us and support us so that we can in turn give that money to charities who deserve it and need it. That we have personal connections and they just pull at our heartstrings and they're our favorite charities. And each month, we're going to donate to a different charity. And when those 12 months cycle back around in a year, that same charity is going to get the funds that month again. So every January, one charity will get funded. Every February, one charity will get funded and so on and so forth. But we really want to tell you what these charities are so that you know where the funds are going. And you can even look them up for yourself and see that they're really great nonprofit causes. So for me, I have... A lot of friends that are military, I grew up where literally 40 miles in any direction, you will hit the military base. You will hit either the Marines if you go completely north. If you go a little north, you'll go into Hunter Army Airfield. If you go, I don't really know what direction it is. I think it's south. If you go south, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's south. I think if you go south, but you, yeah, south. You'll, if you go south, you will hit Fort Stewart. Like, I mean, if you keep going down a little bit, you'll hit the Navy Camden County. <laughs> and it's just like, you no. will not live here and not be like attached or in some way, shape or form, have no connection to somebody in the military. Living here, you're going to have some sort of connection. Mm-hmm. So I see the <laughs> struggle. I see the heartache and I have a great desire and love and passion to want to help them because they're often very overlooked. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) So this first charity is Canines for Warriors. And it's really amazing because Canines for Warriors is dedicated to providing service canines to our warriors suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder, traumatic brain injury, and or military sexual trauma as a result of military service post 9-11. And their goal is to empower these warriors to return to civilian life with dignity and independence with the help of a fur baby. How amazing is that? That's the cutest thing I've ever heard. I know. So sweet. And I mean, a good, good friend of mine, he's had some horror stories and he actually has PTSD found this out because we worked together when we met and we, they were having like a meeting kind of in the corner of the room for some reason. And I walked over there and I was like, Hey, what's going on? And he goes, Whoa, you about got debt. Do not do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, I just said, Hey, and he's like, 
no, you scared me. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. And that was what he told me later that he, he suffered from PTSD. Mm-hmm. And he was like, even though you didn't know, like you, you didn't mean to come up behind me and scare me, I will react sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So being so close to this friend really makes this cause really close to my heart. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, my, uh, obviously mine are going to be military related. So I love that. I'm all about this one. <laughs> Another one I actually found. So I was thinking, I wonder if there's a dogs without borders, there's like nurses without borders. Mm-hmm. There is. Mm-hmm. So it was founded in 2006 and dogs without borders is a nonprofit 501c3, like completely legit rescue organization based in LA. Mm. And they rescue stray and abandoned dogs from local shelters as far away as Taiwan and Mexico. Wow. Yeah. They stand behind their dogs and offer clients advice and support for the duration of their dog's life to ensure happy and successful adoption. And they they don't really have a facility Mm -hmm. and they rely solely on foster volunteers to house and care for the rescue dogs until they're adopted. And they've actually placed over 6,000 dogs since its inception in 2006. Wow. That's impressive. I know. And especially their reach all the way in like Mexico and Taiwan. Yeah. Wow. I love that. I do too, because my thing is I want to help dogs around the world. I don't, I want to make dogs lives better here in the U.S., but also Mm -hmm. in other countries where they aren't as petted and pampered as they are here. They're not as valued. That's for sure. No. That's awesome. I love that. Yes. That's, that's one of my favorite ones. Cool. So I have, um, like you, I, before I met my husband, I've always been super obsessed, I guess, if you will, um, with military working dogs and police, law enforcement, pretty much any form of working dog. Um, so the one that I have been pretty close to and interested in, it's called Vested Interest in Canines. And what that is, it is also a nonprofit, one of the 501c3 nonprofit organizations. Um, and their mission is to provide bullet and stab protective vests and other assistance to dogs or law en- or of law enforcement, excuse me, and related agencies throughout the country. So I don't know about anyone else, but I thought that they all just automatically had vests. Um, I learned the hard way that they do not um, because I've, I've, I've seen law enforcement dogs that have been injured. So, um, so yeah, so they, so they collect donations and you can sponsor a vest. Um, Let's see the, you can sponsor it. The cost for a vest is ridiculous. It's $950. So oh my gosh. I know. So any, you know, any donation helps, but like just a couple things that they've done, they've gotten more than 3,500 canine ballistic vests. Aww. Can you imagine like $950 times that? Um, 800 canine opioid reversal Narcan kits. Um, looks like. What does that do? I'm going to guess it's just in case they get into something that they're not supposed to i mean like um, drug dogs like when yeah. they're sniffing out okay yeah yeah that's kind of my guess i'm not 100 percent on that but i can look into that's it that's what it sounds like yeah um over twenty-five thousand dollars in canine medical first aid kits and one chevy tahoe custom fitted for a canine unit valued over at over fifty thousand dollars so these dogs are being pretty 
pretty well taken care of. So this is one of my favorite ones just because your money goes towards protecting the dogs that are protecting you. I think it's, Mm -hmm. I think it's amazing. And I haven't figured out a way to be a part of it. And I think this is, this is going to be a really awesome way to do that. I agree. I remember when I first saw like police dogs, I too thought they had best. Mm -hmm. Like I really did not know they did not have like, I just thought, you know, they give yeah. the humans vests, so they'll give their dog companions vests as well. Right. And I remember as a child seeing, I remember as a child seeing a thing come up on the news and it talked about a funeral of a police dog and because it had gotten shot and mm-hmm. it was protecting its handler. And yeah. I was like, I remember just being dumbfounded. And I remember like innocently looking at my mom and being like, mom, they don't have, they're not protected. They don't have best. And she was like, yeah. no, baby, we, like they're really expensive. It's, yep. you know, at that point in time, it was a newer thing. And yeah. I remember just being completely broken up and on top of broken hearted, I was pissed off. Yeah. Like as a kid, I was ticked. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and the thing these dogs would give anything for their mm-hmm. handlers to protect their handlers to protect anyone so i i think this is pretty pretty important and if i had tons of money i would definitely invest it in this so so yeah i'm excited about this one definitely am too yeah okay so my second one is military related huh, shocking i know um <laughs> but so this one is on a little bit of a different level it is also a nonprofit organization uh, dedicated to saving as many retiring military contract and law enforcement canines as they can. So this is actually a, I don't know if she's retired, but it was somebody, a retired uh, dog handler from the Navy and her husband, they bought a big thing of land uh, dedicated to fostering these military and other animals, but mainly military uh, working dogs that were not able to be adopted out uh, due to behavioral or medical reasons. And sometimes when that happens, they get euthanized, right? And so instead mm-hmm. of do- instead of doing that, this this couple um, they take these dogs in and they offer them, you know, they take care of them. Their medical conditions. Some of these dogs have cancer, arthritis, disc disease, joint disease, like all these issues from their mm-hmm. jobs, you know. Um, so they get to, to basically go and, and retire, but not have to worry about being in a family that can't really take care of them. Um, so I don't know, this was just another one that I actually just recently learned about. I think it's, uh, pretty awesome that instead of, you know, just jumping the gun, we can, they can be adopted out. And when you Mm -hmm. donate, when you donate to them, it like helps pay for toys or beds, or you can donate those things if you want, but donating, the funds goes towards their care and their vet bills and things like that. So it's definitely one that I would support for sure. Definitely. I actually have met a true for appalled military hero. (laughs) A friend of mine had a guy in her life that was a Marine and he, when he was overseas, he had um, a canine Mm -hmm. and it's actually insanely hard to like get to adopt this dog afterwards, mm-hmm. which is a whole nother soapbox that I'm not going to get on right now. Right. But um, she she was sorry, mm-hmm. very distinguished with honor, mm-hmm. and she was she was an 
uh, she's a bomb dog. And when they moved into their new house, she did not get the fact that she was retired. Yeah. And it, it was so cute. They said she would run into every room, sniff every room, and run back to her dad and just sit there like, okay, it's clear. We're good. We can leave. Oh. <laughs> and they kept having to go, no, baby, we live here now. And she's like, okay, all right, I'll go search again. <laughs> They said that it, this would just continue. Like, there was one day she searched constantly until she finally was like, I quit. They're not leaving. Oh. But she was she was that well-trained and that mm-hmm. good of a dog that she, even after being retired, she was still in her mind in the line of duty. Oh. That's really sweet. I know. She was a good dog. That's awesome. So, my next one is actually a little off from the dog topic, but it's one that I'm very, very passionate about because I have grown up pretty much with the beach a part of my life. I live 45 minutes from the ocean, maybe. Wow. (laughs) That's nice. (laughs) And, yeah, but... My ocean is not very pretty. It's like where the freshwater meets the salt water. So it's like yucky green. Oh. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not like that. Mm-hmm. But that's actually caused me to think more about it. And a healthy ocean means a lot. And mm-hmm. another charity that I really want to get to is oceanconservancy.org. And what they do, they confront ocean acidification. Um, they work with the government to ensure that the ocean gets funding and attention required to keep it healthy. Because, I mean, if you think about it, it's like 75% of the planet we live in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they also work with, like, the ocean climate. So it's like an ocean futures initiative. And it's working to understand the interactive effects of, like, stressors and climate change and stuff. Mm-hmm. They have... Um, on top of the ocean climate research and education, they have this big thing with protecting Florida's oceans and coasts. Um, they protect the Arctic as well, working with indigenous communities, legislators, and scientists. Um, they help restore the Gulf of Mexico. And they also have smart ocean planning, which helps coastal communities to develop strong, sustainable local economies that can live alongside healthy ocean ecosystems and wildlife. Along with that, they have sustainable fisheries. So their fish team actually works to reduce overfishing and rebuild vulnerable fish populations and also to preserve those fish populations. And the last amazing thing they do is trash-free seas. Oh, so my they're... God. I, hope... <laughs> I was hoping you were going to get there. <laughs> I got there. Good. <laughs> they're working on innovative solutions to reduce the amount of trash that ends up in the ocean, threatening ocean wildlife through ingestion and entanglement. Oh. And I don't even know if you've picked up on this. If you've seen Finding Dory 2, literally, in the beginning, yeah. a, you yeah. know what I'm talking about, the, um, yep. the bottle, the little mm-hmm. round bottle things that are on, like, six packs of cokes yeah it's like on dory's fin yep which literally pisses me off to no end but yeah that's all that's yeah. another another soapbox but yeah but i was also a little bit like thank you disney for actually like showing that this is an issue yep, yep. yeah i was pretty yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like finally somebody did something 
for real. Oh my, it literally, it infuriates me. So I remember as a kid, I first found out that like dolphins mouse would get caught in there. Mm-hmm. I found out somehow at school when I was like maybe six. And I, oh my, if you ask my mom to this day, she's like, oh my God, you were the most annoying little thing with that as a kid. <laughs> I used to make her cut up every one of those six pack things to the, to the point that she started buying like cans. I still do to this day. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But she was like, they, they show videos on Facebook all the time of these poor animals that are caught in, in those. Like, come on, how can you not? people just don't seem to care no my dad used to whoop my ass pardon my french if i ever (laughs) littered anything outside on the track like on the floor so no not acceptable definitely not and i i I was really happy like i said that disney actually i purposely i'm sure put that in there yeah that's pretty pretty uh i like that another really great charity that we're giving to for one of our months is going to be best friends. I thought it was bestfriends.org. Yeah, thank you. Okay. So an- another amazing charity that we are giving to for one of our months is bestfriends.org. And if you listen to the first episode, we talked about wanting to save them all. So when I found this, I literally screenshotted it and showed it to Sheena and was like, we can save them all. <laughs> uh, I laughed but, hard. Um, <laughs> but this is awesome because they take a stand for homeless pets and literally help save them all. Because every day, about 2,000 dogs and cats are killed in animal shelters across the country just because they don't have a safe place to call home. And it's time to adopt and change that. And Best Friends Animal Society is leading the way for that. They work together with passionate people and alongside shelters and rescue groups and other animal welfare organizations. So they mainly focus on no-kill shelters, and that's really important to me because I literally, there was a dog that came up in my yard as a child. I wanted to keep it. My mom said no because I already had two, <laughs> and, <laughs> and she ended up having to take the dog to the local pound, and I whined and moaned, and a part of my French bit so much about that. That she literally went back to the pound to try and see if she could get the dog back. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I was I was a handful of child. <laughs> um, <laughs> but come to find out, happy ending for the dog. The owners had been looking for it and they picked him up there. So all's well that ends well. Yeah. So you know, my young self was still a, I was so happy with that answer. <laughs> but that. I, I had just grown up hearing that shelters killed animals, and I was like, you just sent the dog to the slaughterhouse. Like, Mom. Yeah. And she was like, you made me feel so bad that I went back. <laughs> well, but, um, I did. And um, that's why the no-kill shelter is a big thing for me. And honestly, most states are getting better. But in the entire United States of America, only one state is completely no-kill. Hmm. One. What state is that? Delaware. Oh. Huh. Interesting. The one you it don't just really came out of nowhere about. with that crap. Yeah. Interesting. It's one of the quiet ones. Yeah, it is. You never hear anything from there. Nope. That's um California and Texas still have over a hundred thousand shelters that kill animals. 
Oh, that's disappointing for California. In my state, too, we're next. Oh, Florida, no. yeah, Florida, Georgia, and North Carolina all still have shelters for 400 to 100,000 that kill. Wow. Alabama, Virginia, Mississippi, South Carolina, Kentucky, Illinois, and Michigan have 13 to 40,000 that kill. And everything else in the U.S., though, is under 13,000. Wow. And I can't believe that I'm proud of the ones that are under 13,000. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> That's really, how bad this is. Really strive. Setting the bar high. Yeah, really setting it high. But that is why Best Friends is so important to me because I absolutely hate the pound. I hate shelters. I have to bite my tongue at work all the time. Mm -hmm. And if I knew that they weren't going to be killed, I would have no problem. If I knew they could be taken care of, no problem. Yeah. But it's just what you don't know behind closed doors is an issue. Yeah. So I really like these people and I want to help produce more no-till shelters, especially since my state doesn't really give a crap. <laughs> Apparently neither does mine. So <laughs> mine's better than yours. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so another one that I've been looking into is freedom dogs. And I really like freedom dogs because so at work one day we have this loop that plays on the TV and I finally noticed this one portion of it where it was talking about a Navy veteran who trained his own um, service dog and they have this amazing bond and he's actually working with legislation to get um, other veterans to do the same thing and like make a big program for it. Mm-hmm. And I kind of ran into Freedom Dogs by shopping at Pura Vida. And I have one of their um, charity bracelets for Freedom Dogs. And Mm. that's how I started looking into it. They offer two main programs for returning warriors. And it's the Partner Program and the Partner for Life Program. Mm. So the Partner Program, through this program, a skilled dog trainer team, they pair up and they work with a wounded warrior assigned to him or her by the Wounded Warrior Battle On. And over a period of nine months, working closely together with the Warriors, medical providers, and the close-knit team of Freedom Dogs, they follow participants throughout their transition from military to civilian life and customize the dog training to the specific needs of the Warrior. So regardless to the nature of the wounds, Their goal is to enhance the rehabilitation of warriors whose path to recovery can be rocky and take time. Wow. Interesting. The next one is even more interesting, though. Hmm. The Partner for Life program is like when in some cases a warrior is going to need long-term support. Mm -hmm. And the Partner Program for Life provides that. And this can become apparent after working with a warrior for a period of time, then they actually make it to keep the dog for the rest of their life. Oh, that's cool. So they might advance to the Partner for Life program if their rehabilitation is more intense. Yeah. And I was reading something on one of their sites. I don't remember where it was talking about, like, the dogs opening doors, like, for people who, yeah. like, lost arms. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's really amazing to actually work really closely with the Marines at Camp Pendleton and Camp Lejeune, I believe. Mm. And I think, cause I think it's still relatively new. So they're still kind of trying to like pilot it out. 
Mm-hmm. Cool. So the next one that I would like to talk about that we would like to donate towards is uh, it's going to be it's called National Alliance on Mental Illness, but it's it's dedicated towards mental health, um, which we are huge advocates for. So what this program is, is it's first, it's the nation's largest grassroots mental health organization dedicated to building better lives for the millions of Americans affected by mental illness. Um, they, they educate offered in thousands of communities across the United States. They advocate, they have a helpline to, you know, kind of, it's not, I don't know that it's necessarily like the suicide, like a suicide helpline, but it's a helpline that allows them to respond to you personally based on your needs. If you need someone to talk to, um, spreading public awareness with events and activities. Um, and so, they rely on gifts and donations, if you will, um, to help be able to do all these things for people that, that, that need the mental health support that isn't always 100% financially available. Um, so, yeah, so that's uh, one, of our, one of our one that's dedicated towards mental health. So I'm excited about that one. Definitely. Mental health is so important. And in this field, it can... It can drain you emotionally and mentally so quickly without you even realizing it yes it can which is why another charity that we are going to donate to is called vet life and this is specifically for people in the veterinary field and what they do is they offer independent confidential and free help for everyone in the veterinary community including veterinary nurses and students so their charity provides a 24-7 phone and email helpline, professional mental health support, financial assistance, information, and resources for all kinds of vet professionals. Oh, wow. Sounds kind of similar, but vet, vet med-based. Exactly. So not only are we helping people that aren't in the vet field, we also have one month where we're specifically helping our own field. Yeah. Uh, then another one... I found because I have a soft spot for dogs and kids because I have a two-year-old <laughs> is four paws for ability. So what this is, is it's a 501c3 nonprofit organization that enriches the lives of children with disabilities by the training and placement of quality task trained service dogs to provide increased independence for the children and assist their families. And the types of service dogs they train are Steering ear dogs, autism assistance dogs, mobility assistance dogs, seizure alert dogs, which is actually really cool because I have a cousin who used to have a seizure alert dog until she grew out of her. So, of course, that's really close to me. Oh, um, yeah. Diet, yeah. Diabetic alert dogs, um, fetal alcohol drug exposure assistance dogs, facilitated guide dogs multi-purpose assistance dogs and veteran assistance dogs oh wow yeah they they train these dogs for so many different things and you know like they have so many different categories that they reach out and help in that's awesome so i really like that one it's just it's crazy how much dogs can really do it just blows my mind dogs are amazing <laughs> yeah yeah, insane. We don't deserve dogs. <laughs> no, I would agree with I would agree with that. So my last cause 
And I'm assuming based on everything that comes up when I Google the name, it's got something to do with the Vanderpump show. <laughs> I don't know what that is. It's some kind of reality show. Oh. But it's <laughs> it's called the Vanderpump Dolls. And after their founding in 2016 and becoming a 501c3 dog rescue organization working on both domestic and international front to help create a better world for dogs, the Vanderpump Dog Foundation was formed to not only aid in ending international atrocity against dogs, such as the Yulin Dog Meat Festival in China, and what? also domestic like okay. atrocities for dogs. They tackled domestic hmm. um, and international overpopulation. Okay. They have international legislation that they're working on and a domestic legislation. So the domestic legislation actually works with the PACT Act, which will make animal torture a felony crime. Interesting. I like it. Um, they help end the abuse and inhumane treatment of dogs worldwide as well. And wow. this actually goes back to their international legislation because they're trying to pass a bill that's going to urge the government of China and the Yulin, I'm, I'm assuming I'm saying that right, authorities to ban the torture, killing, and eating of dogs as part of the Yulin Festival and to enforce China's food safety laws. Yes, I like so, that. This is the one that I've been saying that I had some information on that. So you don't know anything about the Yulin Dog Meat Festival? No, I have not. I haven't. I mean, I know what dog meat is. I know what it would what it would be used for, but I've never heard of that. Okay. This festival happens every year on the summer solstice, and it's particularly gruesome. It's a display of a dog of the dog meat trade, and the festival where some ten thousand dogs are slaughtered and served up as meat. It's often wrongly assumed to be a Chinese tradition. In fact, the festival only dates back to 2009 when it was launched in the city to celebrate the summer solstice. To make the event even more gruesome, transporting dogs to the festival is intrinsically brutal operation. So dogs for Yulin come from as far as central to north China, and that's more than a thousand miles away. And they're crammed into wire cages Unable to extend their limbs, denied food and water for days during the exhausting trip, they arrive at their destination malnourished and underweight, often dehydrated, dying from injuries or from being poisoned during capture. Others are already dead and no one else checks to see where these dogs come from. Many are heartlessly just ripped from their loving homes or darted with poison on the street and dragged away to the slaughterhouse. Therefore, diseases rampant due to the conditions of lack medical care. And once they arrive at this festival, thousands of dogs are beaten and killed and eventually eaten by people who believe eating dog meat on this day will bring good luck. Uh, who thinks that that's a, a good luck moment? I, I don't know. Mm -mm. Oh my God. It that is terrible. Disgusting. I cannot believe that. But there is hope on the horizon, though, as people educated on the cruelty and health risks, mm -hmm. fewer dogs are facing slaughter. So in 2015, 20% fewer dogs were killed at this so-called festival. Huh. Oh, and that's good. 2019 update on this wonderful festival, um, the Vanderpump dogs, they estimate that about 5,000 dogs were slaughtered and like brutally murdered over the two-day period this year. 
but they are seeing a decline compared to the years past. And their hope is that if this continues, the slaughterhouses will realize there is no longer demand and the brutality will come to an end. And the Vanderpump Dog Foundation and Dr. John Sessa continue to provide updates on the situation in China, as well as working toward bringing it into the horrific event from the ground. Wow. Yeah. If you go to their website, you can actually see, um, if they click on like the link to the festival, you can see the wire cages and it is heartbreaking. Wow. I don't even know how you can call that a festival. I, I don't know what festivals you grew up going to, but it's not a festival. No. No, that's illegal. <laughs> that's, yeah, no. <laughs> In America, that's a one-way ticket to the clink. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is not happening. Wow, that's insane. Yeah, I, uh, I, I actually heard about it because I was looking. I, I love pop sockets, okay? So yeah, I was so looking I. <laughs> at pop sockets and they have pots in them and it's like people can make pop sockets and it can like all any pop socket that's fault with that design goes to whatever calls they have uh-huh and i made one for the vanderpump dog foundation and then i started because i wanted to do one for dogs so mm-hmm. i started researching them all and that's how i found out about this um foundation and the festival that's crazy <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of It's a Vet Tech's Life. And we really appreciate it. And we hope we can reach out and help people through this and educate people as well. If you have any questions or if you want to get your thoughts on the show about you know your job, what you're going through, or a funny story about an animal, um, please go to anchor.fm backslash it's about sex life and leave us a voice message on there or you can go to my instagram it's at megs m-e-g-g-s underscore noel n-o-e-l and leave me a message on there but as mentioned before in previous episodes there are some community rules please be positive and happy and you know if you have a sad situation you're working through that's perfectly fine and we're here for that but no negativity no haters no room for that we're here to bring people happiness and also don't mention clinics or client names yes confidentiality confidentiality but if you want to reach out to the group itself, Sheena, what's the yes. hash or the handle? Our handle is not another vet nurse. Sorry, that's Instagram and Facebook. So you'll be able to find us on either one. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And can't wait to do another episode for you guys. Bye. Bye.